Vítejte u podcastu Anglicky s kudrnatou holkou. Já se jmenuji Pavlína a budu si tu povídat s rodilými mluvčími z celého anglicky mluvícího světa o různých zajímavých tématech. Díky moc, že jste si tenhle kanál naladili a můžeme začít. and welcome to today's very special Christmas episode. It's an absolute honor for me to welcome my guest, James Cooper, who is a Christmas expert from the UK. Hello, James. How are you today? Hello, Pavlina. Thank you very much for having me. No, thank you. It's it's a pleasure. So as I said, you are a Christmas expert, so you probably know everything there is to know about Christmas. Am I right in thinking that? I know a lot about Christmas, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, I also have to say that you've been a guest on the BBC and other major media where you talked about Christmas. So how did this whole thing start for you? Because in the normal life, you are a web designer and also a developer. Yes, um, it started 20 years ago this year. Uh, I started, I run a big uh, website called whychristmas.com. Um, and 20 years ago, I was just starting to get into web design because sort of the web was still quite a young thing back then. Um, and I had some friends who were primary school teachers, elementary school teachers, and they came to me and they said, why can't we find a site with lots of information about Christmas that we can um, use with our children in our classrooms that isn't trying to sell them something? Because back then, um, sort of any children's sites were made by the likes of Disney and they might have had some information on there, but they were really trying to sell their things. So um, me being a big kid back then and still now um, <laughs> and loving Christmas, um, I thought it'd be really fun to make a little site for a school um, and find out a bit more about Christmas. So that's what I did. And 20 years later, it now takes up most of my December. <laughs> I mean, your site is absolutely fabulous, so everyone should go and check it. So when you hear the word Christmas, what's the first thing that pops into your head? Uh, lots and lots and lots of things. Um, music, the lights, uh, running my site, um, random information that lots of people don't know, <laughs> all sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, there's probably a lot of information that you have to give people at this time of the year. And... Thank you so much, actually, for sitting down with us today, because you're also going to tell us a lot of information today. Yeah, well, I, you know, <laughs> I, love I love sharing anything about Christmas. Well, that's great to hear. So we probably all know about the birth of Jesus, but would you be able to sum up briefly when and why the celebration of Christmas began? I, I, I will try to. It's a bit complicated and no one really knows, to be honest. Um, people had had midwinter festivals around late December, what we now call December, um, for the winter solstice, when it's the longest day of the year, sorry, the longest night of the year and the shortest day of the year in the Northern Hemisphere and the other way around in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, and people sort of had a party at that point because um, you couldn't do much work in farms because the ground was really cold. Um, and, it, you know, the, it, the sun was beginning to shine a bit brighter and they, they knew that spring would come. So, um, they had a bit of a party and just to sort of see them through the rest of the winter that was to come. Um, the Romans had a festival called Saturnalia in late December that ran into their New Year's festivals. Um, and the Jewish 
festival of Hanukkah, which is the Jewish festival of lights, happens around late November into December because their calendar is based on the moon rather than a fixed time. So that moves around a bit. Um, and so there were lots of parties sort of happening around this time of year. Um, and then some people said that uh, sort of Christians stole the pagan midwinter festivals and turned it into Christmas. But that might not be true because there's also lots of evidence from very early on that Christians were also celebrating the birth of Jesus in uh, this time of year. But how they got there is a bit odd. Um, back in Jewish history, they thought that um, you were born or conceived on the same day that you died. And some early monks worked out that Jesus died on the 25th of March. And so they also then started celebrating his conception on the 25th of March. And if you add nine months onto the 25th of March, you get the 25th of December. Super interesting. And wow. And so why do we celebrate Advent and light a candle four Sundays in a row just before Christmas? Okay, well, Advent is the time coming up to Christmas. um, And Advent in Latin means coming. And we know that um, the first records of Advent go back to about 500 AD. Um, So again, very early on, um, when Christians used that time to prepare themselves spiritually um, coming up to Christmas. And still many Christians, um, especially Catholics and Orthodox Christians, um, fast during Advent. Some will have very, very minimal diet. Some will just cut out meat or dairy or something like that. Um, And they go to special services Um, and the candles, um, because there are four Sundays in Advent. Advent is calculated by four Sundays before Christmas. So it can move around a bit as well, depending on what day of the week um, the 25th of December comes on. Uh, So the candles are lit um, in the run up to Christmas to sort of say, hey, Christmas is coming. And that's a good thing. (laughs) And so why do we give each other presents and is that so in all countries where Christmas is being celebrated? Right, yeah. Um, cr- presents were also part of um, some of the midwinter festivals. The Romans used to give each other pine branches um, <laughs> during, their new, yeah, during their New Year festivals, um, which is a bit odd. Um, but it's thought that, um, I mean, lots of greenery was brought into the house during the midwinter festivals. Um, one, because it sort of brightened the house up, um, sort of. And, and people were reminded that there are some plants that survive the winter, so, so can we. Um, but also um, some recent studies have found that things like pine branches and some of the resins that come out of these things uh, might have kept insects away, which would be a good thing to have in the house over the winter when everybody's indoors. Um, so it might have kept the insects down a bit. Um, but going back to presents. So, of course, Jesus had the presents from the wise men. So that's another reason that we have um, presents um, given at Christmas. Um, it was a way of showing charity. And yeah, it's it's done in most places around the world, um, especially in the West. I think it's more where Christmas is more of a commercial thing now, not so much of a religious thing. The sort of the presence of taken over sort of from the religious side and it's sort of the more presents, the better. But um, yeah, generally, wherever there's Christmas, there's some sort of gift exchange. And well, now that you spoke about the greenery, is there any connection with the mistletoe that we hang in our houses? Right. Yeah, Mistle- mistletoe is interesting. Um, mistletoe, again, goes back to a midwinter type of thing um, where in ancient history, it was um, 
are used as a sign of peace and to uh, it was meant to ward off evil spirits for some reason. I don't know why, but they thought it <laughs> did. Possibly because it is one of those things that hung around in the trees all year. It is. It actually grows on other trees. It doesn't have roots of its own. It sort of buries itself into trees and then grows. Um, the kiss. The the practice of kissing under the mistletoe actually seems to come from the UK, and it only seems to date from the late 1700s that's the earliest record of kissing under the mistletoe oh wow yeah it seems to have been sort of a thing that the georgians had um in the uk was sort of a bit of a party and they brought it in and then the tradition (laughs) happened that you have to um pick a berry off every time someone's kissed under the mistletoe and once all the berries are gone there's no more kissing so you needed to make sure that you've got a bunch that had lots of berries on it (laughs) absolutely and why do we send each other christmas cards well that's another good british invention (laughs) um so (laughs) so cards yes Um, well the first card um as we might vaguely think of a card um was sent in 1611 um to the king of england and scotland but Mm -hmm. it wasn't that much like a card in that it was about 85 centimeters long and about 60 centimeters tall (laughs) and it was probably actually a scroll and it just had some christmas greetings written on it um yeah how was the scent uh, well i think it was probably taken in person and presented at the christmas feast (laughs) on a horse (laughs) yeah yeah cards that we think of them today that you actually send through the post um first started in 1843 um by a man called sir henry cole who had helped set up the british post office that was just starting back then um and he wanted a way of getting more people to use the post office uh, and they just introduced a cheaper stamp so more people could afford to send things through the post so he had an artist friend um, who he got to design the first Christmas card. And they were more like postcards. Um, they had the design on the front and then you wrote a message on the back. Um, so he sent his first ones out for a, to a few friends and then um, more people picked up on the idea and printing became cheaper and the postage became cheaper. And so that's sort of when it happened. And then it spread over into Europe and especially in Germany, um, it was picked up and then it went over to America and then we have lots of Christmas cards. Yeah, what an extraordinary businessman he was. Right? Yes, and he also <laughs> helped to set up the Victoria and Albert Museum in London. He was really quite a influential person. Oh, wow. And what is the meaning of the Christmas colours? Usually I would say red, green, gold and white, or would you yeah. would you say there is anything else? Um, th- I would think that they're the main ones. Yeah, I mean, green again comes from um, holly and ivy and mistletoe and trees um, that, you know, there's still things that are out this time of year. Um, the red comes from uh, the holly berries. The very first sort of Christmas trees that were had in the UK were called paradise trees. And they were part of medieval um plays that were put on in the streets because not many people could read so they had plays to tell bible stories and the paradise trees represented the tree in the garden of eden so um they were sort of wooden pyramids that were painted green or had greenery stuck to them and then they hung apples on them um so red obviously red apples so Mm -hmm. that was another one that came across um, and of course, uh, uh, St. Nicholas's red bishop's robes 
and who became Santa. So uh, that's where the green and the red come. Um, gold's the, the colour of the sun and of light and of fire, which was associated with midwinter festivals. And also it's a gift that Jesus got from one of the wise men. Um, white snow, as you're out in Sweden, <laughs> you know snow. We're expecting it. There's just rain now. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and now that you mentioned Santa, so why, who is he? And why are children made to believe that he is real? Okay, yeah. Santa was first St. Nicholas. Um, he was a bishop in the late 200s and early 300s AD. Um, in the country that is now Turkey. Um, he was an orphan, but um, came from sort of a fairly wealthy background. Um, and he became a priest and then a bishop. And he had a reputation for being very generous. And one of the stories about him is that um, in the village that he lived in, uh, there was a family that had three daughters, but they were very poor and they couldn't afford a dowry. So the daughters couldn't get married. Um, so secretly one night, St. Nicholas is meant to have either dropped down uh, some gold down the chimney or through the window. And it either went into the shoe or the stocking that was hanging up to dry. <laughs> so and that was a mysterious, wonderful gift. Um, and so he did it for the second daughter. And then by the third daughter came of age, the father was getting a bit suspicious. So he hung around at night and then spotted St. Nicholas doing it. And then his fame for generosity and giving gifts um, spread through Europe um, and so that was St Nicholas and in um, which of course in, in the Czech is um, uh, Savo Nicholas and then mm -hmm. you've got uh, in when he got to uh, the Netherlands and Belgium St Nicholas became Sinterklaas and then Dutch and Belgium and German people took the stories of Sinterklaas over to America and his name got changed from Sinterklaas to Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And well, how come there is Santa in the UK or in the US? Then we have Ježíšek in the Czech Republic. Then we have Tomten in Sweden, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. Um, well, Ježíšek is, comes from um, Germany originally. Oh. Or not. Yeah. Um, where in, in the, when the Reformation happened in the 1500s, um, saints sort of fell out of favour. So St. Nicholas bringing you a gift um, wasn't so good. So um, Martin Luther um, invented the Christkindle, which was the Christ child. And Jessica came out of that. It's the moved over the border. And you'll find it all around in bits of Eastern Europe. It's the Christ child. But It's also depicted as a little angel sometimes as well, rather than the baby Jesus. So it's a bit weird. Um, and up in up in Sweden, yeah, you have the Tomti and the Nisse, um, who are the elves and the little gnomes. Um, in some parts of Italy, you have Bufana, who's a witch, who brings you presents. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. Yeah, she's a nice witch, but she's a witch. In Russia, uh, when the communists were in power, they did, and lots of Eastern European countries when the communists were in power they did of course did away with christianity so they brought in grandfather frost or dead moritz as their mm -hmm. sort of santa replacement old man winter mm -hmm. um and in the uk we still have father christmas is associated with santa as well and father christmas was sort of the old man winter 
figure as well who got blended with St Nicholas. So yeah, lots of gift givers all around the world. <laughs> Absolutely. And well, can you think of a country that has the most bizarre Christmas tradition? Yeah, there, there are quite a few. Um, <laughs> I like the Swedish one of watching Donald Duck on Christmas afternoon, Christmas Eve afternoon. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, in Catalonia, in Spain, they have a decoration called the pooping log. I know about that one. It's so funny. Yeah. And I made, I, I tried, because I'm, I'm with my, I, I have sort of a collection of um, decorations from around the world. And I've tried, been trying to get my hands on a real pooping log for years, but you just can't get them over here. So I made one this year. I got a log and, and stuck some googly eyes on it and things. <laughs> <laughs> and so how does it really work? So is it just a decoration, right? Yeah, it's it's um it's a log of wood that's got a smiley face on the front of it and it wears a red hat and it has a blanket or a towel or something over its bottom. And then during <laughs> December, from the 8th of December, it's sort of fed sweets and goodies and nice things to eat. And then on Christmas Eve, um you want to sing it a song. And perhaps hit it with a stick if it's being naughty, and then it poops out all of the all the goodies that you can eat over Christmas. And then when either some garlic or an onion comes out, that means that it stopped giving out its goodies. Okay. And what is your favorite Christmas tradition? I like Christmas crackers. I don't. Do you have you do you have crackers? You you all know crackers from being over here at Exeter. But, yes, but I we don't have those in the Czech Republic. No, they're, they're again they're a British thing, and they started about the same time as as Christmas cards over here. Um, I will try and explain Christmas crackers. They are tubes um, that are about ten uh, centimeters long, and then you've got other bits at either end that pop out, and then you you pull each each person holds an end. They're sort of in three sections. So you've got the middle section and then bits at either end that people hold. And um, at the Christmas dinner table, uh, two people pull on each end and they go bang. And then in the middle, uh, you have a very bad joke, um, a paper hat crown that you have to wear while you're eating your Christmas dinner and look really daft. And then there's some little present in it as well. Um, they started from a uh, a sweet seller in the UK called Tom Smith. He wanted a different way of selling his sweets. Um, and he'd been over to France and seen how they wrapped them with sort of frilly ends. Uh, so he thought that was quite a good idea. So he first sort of started um, doing some designs like that. And then the legend goes that one evening he was sitting by his log fire and it went crack. And he thought, oh, that would be exciting if we could uh, put that in the sweets when you open them to make them a bit more excited. And they were actually first called um, bangs of expectation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and do you actually have to say the word bang when no, you... No, because it, it goes crack when you pull them. So, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to scream it out loud. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so how does the Christmas day look like in the UK? Because you opened a presence on the 25th, right? Yes. Yeah, we're, we're one of the few countries in Europe that does. Most of the rest of Europe... Um, celebrates the big Christmas meal and opening presents on the on the 24th. Yeah. Um, but it really comes from the 25th because when... Um, sorry, you might have to edit that out. That was my postman. <laughs> no problem at all. The <laughs> um, UK celebrating Christmas on the 25th of December comes from when King Henry VIII um, broke away from the Catholic Church in the 1500s and set up the Church of England and wanted to be different. So one of those things of being different was having it on Christmas Day rather than on Christmas Eve. Um, yeah, so over here, um, 
Christmas Day is the big day. Um, some people will go to church on Christmas uh, morning. There are more services on Christmas morning rather than midnight ones. Many churches will have midnight ones, um, but if you're going to church, more people will go to church on um, Christmas Day morning. Um, and I'm a Christian, so that's what I do. Um, and uh, then generally people will go to friends and family's houses. Um, the meal is the big Christmas meal is normally eaten either um, sort of around one, two o'clock on mm -hmm. Christmas Day. It's either because we also have the Queen's Christmas message that is shown on the telly at 3 p.m. on uh, Christmas Day afternoon. So the meal, the big Christmas meal is either generally eaten before that or after that. You want um, to be ready for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sort of. And um, so if you've had it beforehand, then you watch the Queen and then you fall asleep in front of a film or something like that. <laughs> um, or you have the meal after the Christmas message and then you fall asleep in the evening. So, yeah. Yeah. Because we also have Boxing Day as well, which is the day after Christmas, the 26th. Mm -hmm. And so what do you, now that you talked about the food, so what do you usually eat for for lunch or dinner? I don't know how to call it. Yeah, uh, Christmas dinner is it's normally called, although it's normally eaten at lunch. Um, <laughs> uh, we have turkey is the, uh, the big Christmas meal over here. Um, it used to, back in history, it was beef, if you were rich enough to afford um meat back in the medieval mm -hmm. times but since sort of the um the i would say it's really only the 1940s 1950s really that turkey has been the the must have christmas dinner um, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah turkey the the custom of turkey is a bit odd because um turkeys don't come from turkey the oh <laughs> It took me a while, but yeah. and and the the Latin name for Turkey um, is a mixture of Latin and Greek, and it means guinea fowl, chicken, peacock, and turkeys aren't any of those four birds either. So they actually come from America, the Americas, um, but they're called turkeys uh, because they came into um, Europe via the Spanish into Spain and then into the Netherlands, but often via Turkish traders. So they were called Turkey birds because they came from Turkish traders. But lots of other countries in Europe don't call them turkeys. In French, um, they're called Indian birds. Um, and also in Russia and Poland, it also means the Indian bird. So yeah, it's uh, it's all rather confusing. But yeah, we, we like roast turkey over here and then Christmas pudding. Yeah, it's very interesting, though. And what was the best present you've ever been given as a Christmas gift? Um, I I remember one year I got a bike um, and uh, I couldn't work out how Father Christmas had got it in through the chimney. <laughs> and how old was it? Like, when was that? I hope it wasn't last year. Or... <laughs> no, no, no. That was when I was about seven or eight, I think. And what was the worst Christmas gift? Okay, well, for a few years, um, my family, for a joke, um, had did the most useless present that you can find for a pound or less. So you really had to um, really think about that. And um, one year, my dad got me a pot for my false teeth, and I don't have any. So, <laughs> oh god, that's amazing! And what's your favorite Christmas film and Christmas song? Oh, okay. Um, Christmas film, The Muppet Christmas Carol. 
mm-hmm. is just the best version of the Christmas Carol, and you gotta love the Muppets. Um, Christmas song—that's a tricky one. I've got over three hundred and thirty Christmas albums in my collection. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, it probably would have to be a Carol, and I really like "In the Bleak Midwinter," which was. Um, uh, it's a poem written by Christina Rossetti in the 1800s and then a tune was put to it a bit later on. So that's, yeah, it's a really beautiful carol. I like that one. Oh, that's nice. And why do you think some people hate Christmas? I think it's because there's there seems to be a lot of commercial pressure on Christmas and also sort of that you that Christmas has to be perfect and it has to be, you know, the best time of the year and... There's just a lot of pressure around Christmas, I think. Um, I mean, I love Christmas a lot more than the average person, but I actually try to stay away from the commercial side of it. Like one of the deliberate things on my site is that it doesn't have adverts on it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've been offered lots of money over the years from big companies to have adverts. And I always say no, because um, I, I, I just try and share the joy of Christmas, which as a Christian is about the coming of Jesus and the hope that he brings. So to me, I want to get away from the commercial side and the pressures of Christmas and just have it as a time that hopefully you can spend it with friends and family, although this year is a bit weird with everything that's happening. Yeah, just take it as a time possibly to slow down um, and to think about the coming year ahead, which is what it was through history, really, because you couldn't go out and farm or anything. So it was a time when people just came together to spend time um and think about what was going to happen yeah no thank you so much that's a beautiful approach and very unique too so so it's it's great and why do you think that we should love christmas as i said yeah because it's a time of hope it's a time of looking forward um it's a time celebrating the birth of a baby and that's always a good thing (laughs) (laughs) even though jesus was probably born in late october or early november um we still celebrate it in late december so um yeah, it's uh, it's a time of hope and of light and of um, just try to be nice to people. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, James. This has been absolutely great. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you so much to you as well. Merry Christmas. Have a celebration.